0: Welcome to the Professional Plumber Podcast. We hope that these podcasts will bring some insight into who we are and what we do. So while in conversation with the PIRB, sit back, enjoy, and make sure to connect with the PIRB on Facebook or at PIRB.co.za for more.
1: So a warm welcome to our audience members. I'm your host, Willem Klopper and this episode is part two of a conversation in which we discuss audits and non-compliance. And with me in studio, I've got a couple of representatives from IOPSA side and I've got a couple of representatives from PRB side. So on the PRB side, I've got Mr. Hermann Strauss, the audit manager of PRB. I've got Justine Buerta, Complaints oh, yeah. and Audit Administrator. I've got uh, from IOPSA side, I've got Robert Skuman. Mr. Robert Skuman is uh, one of the auditors for IOPSA. And I've got Ms. Bianca Brown, also the audit or audit term manager on IOPSA's side. We'll give our guests the opportunity to introduce themselves right after this.
0: Don't forget to download the all new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users.
1: I'm going to give each of our uh, guests just uh, an opportunity to introduce themselves to the audience, just so that the audience know who you are, what your position and your role is within your organization. So I'm going to start with Robert, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience, please?
2: Sure, no problem. I'm Robert Skuman. I'm in plumbing business in Johannesburg, the northern and western side of Joburg. I'm also an independent contracted auditor for OPSA assists with the
1: audits qualified licensed plumber yeah. as well
2: yeah qualified licensed qualified
1: well. and licensed plumber yeah. justine who are you who's justine and where do you fit in the picture
3: okay i'm justine butter i'm the complaints and audit administrator for the pirb so basically i'm handling consumer complaints and i'm also handling all the audit um, administration work that there is to the audits so in other words if the auditor goes out to do a work and plumbers don't um, comply with the non-conformances that they need to attend to, then they escalate those to me and I take action.
1: 100%.
4: Herman? Um, Well, welcome, everybody. So I'm Herman Strauss. Uh, There's not much to say about myself. I think I've been involved in the plumbing industry for a while, um, quite some time. Uh, I fulfill a a few roles in the industry. And my role at the PIRB is to make sure that the auditing process is managed and complied with completely. Make sure everything happens. Um, Justine and I work closely together. She does the hard work. <laughs> and I need to make sure that it that it all happens.
1: Bianca, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience?
5: Of course. Best for last. Um, I am obviously the... Complaints administrator for IOPSA, as everyone knows me, I have also taken on the compliance auditors to ensure that the service level agreements between IOPSA and PRB, as well as IOPSA and all auditors are upheld. I also manage the um, assessment testing, designation assessment testing process, um, and we are the best functioning office,
1: of course, in KZN. Justine, what is a rectification notice?
3: Thank you for that question Balam. So a rectification notice is a notice that may be given to the plumber from the auditor so if the auditor goes out to do an audit and he identifies any non-compliances he needs to inform the, the plumber about this in writing um, so a rectification notice is basically just a letter to the plumber that states the audit has been conducted 1, 2 and 3 has been found to be not complying with the national standards um, and then the based on that rectification notice the auditor sorry the plumber would know exactly what it is that he needs to go and rectify
1: is that only given or communicated to the plumber or is that also communicated to the consumer the customer
3: so it depends it's it's really it depends not always if it's not a critical safety concern then the homeowner isn't immediately informed about it we always at the PIRB we always try to give the plumbers the benefit of the doubt by allowing them a reasonable amount of time to go back and rectify the work so sometimes as people you get you panic about stuff so if I am a homeowner and now the auditor is communicating with me that 1, 2, and 3 is wrong with your geezer I, I have no technical experience whatsoever so in my mind we're going to die something is wrong with my geezer so you understand so we always allow for the plumbers to go back and rectify because sometimes the, notif- uh, the non-compliances that are identified during an audit is not that serious it's just like something simple that if the plumber is allowed time or allowed an opportunity rather to go and rectify this they will do it which in which happens in most of the case I'm sure Robert can agree with me
2: yeah so it depends on like Justine was saying if it's a serious thing then it needs to be addressed immediately but there is a process for all um, for homeowners to be advised. So, as an auditor, you can't directly give that information to an auditor or uh, to a client.
4: Yeah, I can, can. Sorry, can I just quickly add on there? I think this, this, this is something that's very, very important for the PRB. We do not interfere in the business between the plumber and his client. We are there to in support. So the information that is gathered in the audit is communicated with the plumber. It's his responsibility to resolve it with the homeowner. Yes. But in some cases, as Robert says, if you come across something, you say, Whoa, this is really serious. This homeowner is at risk. Then that takes precedence. Then a communication will be made to the homeowner to say, you know what? Sorry, but take care of this. But other than that the PRP do not interfere in the in the relationship between the plumber and his client.
1: So the urgency of attending to a refix depends on the severity and, and the, the high risk of whatever the, the non-compliance is. Is that correct? Absolutely. Justine so what happens if a, a if a plumber decides not to carry out a refix or a rectification? If he if he decides to just ignore or for for whatever the case may be, he feels that it's uh too low a risk uh, and he, you know, it's going to it's going to cost him more money to drive back to site to go and do the refix than what the refix actually poses a risk to the consumer, or if blatantly just refuses to go and do it, regardless of how how big the risk may be that is associated with it, what happens in in such an instance?
3: So um, not all audit outcomes uh, is immediately communicated with the PIRB. So the auditors, if it happens in a case where the plumber is just plainly refused to go back to do the refix or have a lot of excuses that's really not reasonable excuses to do the refixes, the auditors then escalate this the, the outcome of that audit to me. And then from the PIRB side, we take disciplinary action against the plumber. And if it happens in a case where the refixes that needed to be done by the plumber is of a severe case or something, the PIRB will then communicate the outcome of the audit with the homeowner. And then the homeowner would, in most cases, come back to us and request an audit or a technical audit report that they can then use in legal action against the plumber. So there's a lot of things that's happening The PIRB can either, the PIRB actually do take disciplinary action against the plumber. Unfortunately, we can't discuss that with any third parties, but we take from our side, we take disciplinary action against the plumber. We send communication out to the homeowners, and we may even in some cases provide the homeowners with a technical report that they can use should they wish to take legal action against the plumber.
1: You mentioned the word communicate and communication. And and you also mentioned that uh, the non-compliances are not immediately communicated to the PRB, but rather uh, w- between the auditor and the the plumber. the plumber themselves before it even you know gets through to the PRB.
3: It, that goes back to what I was saying before. We always allow the plumber an opportunity to go back. So the same way that the auditors don't. The auditors cannot communicate um, the outcome of the audit with the homeowner directly. The auditor gives the plumber the benefit of the doubt, just like the PIRB does. So they inform the plumber first, this is what's wrong with your installation, this is what you need to rectify. And then the rectifications need to take place within five working days, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that's correct. Yes, within five working days. So if that doesn't happen, of course, the PIRB system does allow for an extension of this time if this is communicated with the auditor. So if the auditor is not getting any response from the plumber with regards to the notice that was sent to him, and the auditor feels like I've given this guy enough time now and I'm not, I'm not understanding or I'm not getting what his reasons are for not attending to this, then the auditor escalates that to the PIRB and then we take action.
5: Yeah, just to add on that, um, the auditors are instructed to follow up on specific instances within the five days and then to escalate on the sixth day. So it's not as if the plumbers are not aware, um, even though it is ultimately the plumber's responsibility to ensure that he keeps his dashboard up to date and ensures that he follows up on his audits. And, um, you know, we are very fair because our auditors are in the industry and they know what it's like um, so we are um, th- there's a word that's evaded me now my articulations out the window sorry um, but we are very fair and just with the plumbers and we do send them reminders and um, most of the auditors do have a good relationship with the plumbers and they they find out what the reason is for um, non-attendance and then if they still fail to do so that's when they escalate these audits
4: if I can if I can add on there. Um, one thing that I really enjoy about this process is the way that IOPS and PRB work together with this. This whole system is designed to uplift, it's not a punitive system, it's not designed to give plumbers a hard time and make life, life difficult for them. Um, it's designed to uplift, it gives people the information they need to improve, it gives them the opportunity to improve. The homeowners at the end of the day, they get a better deal out of, out of this all along. However, with that being said is, if it comes to a point where a plumber simply does not want to improve, does not want to do what the law requires him to do, then strong action can be taken and various plumbers have been deregistered, suspended, um, their registration being suspended um, in the process. And as Herman was saying, you know, this is uh, more upliftment of when we're doing
2: audits, that's what's very important for a plumber and his teams to meet with the auditors on site when doing the audits so that all the questions and that can be answered and they can do the rectifications immediately so it really makes a big difference if the plumbers are on site when they meet with us when you do the audits since the the auditing of geysers has been taken place you know there's been a massive improvement on the industry you know i mean we're really really doing well with improvements the failures are getting less you know, a lot of the younger plumbers are also excited about or being audited, you know, those go, those are the younger ones are the ones who meet with you on site, so they can have all their
4: questions of why and how and things like that. Yeah, it, it it also helps, I mean, we all know that industries evolve, things evolve, plumbing practice evolve, um, and through this process it, it helps everybody to remain up to date about the latest requirements, the latest uh, way things are done. Um, Bearing in mind, plumbing, plumbing works are exceptionally dangerous. Plumbing gone, gone wrong um, is very, very scary. Um, so all of, all of this, the, the upliftment process is just a win-win all around. Before we continue with our conversation, have a listen to this.
0: Plumber training has never been easier with Articulated Plumber courses. Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy-to-follow courses can be found on iopsitraining.co.za. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Articulated Plumber.
1: And now, back to our conversation. Is it compulsory for the plumber to uh, be there with the auditor when the audit takes place? Or, or do they have the option to say, I'm not available or for whatever reason, I cannot make
2: it? Well, look, it's highly recommended that they meet with, with, when the audit is taking place, but it's not compulsory. So a lot of the times the guys will say, look, I can't make it. I'm ready fully booked that day just send me the um, the faults and findings or send me a report so that they can follow up and have this thing sorted out
1: so when when an auditor and a plumber are on site together can an auditor recommend or impose a specific product on plumbers
2: you you know we can help not help but more you know guide them with this to the sands of a product but you can't say you can only use this product you can't you can't use that product you know the products that being used have to meet the national standards. Sorry,
5: just um, if if it is found that a compliance auditor does impose a specific product, there are strict disciplinary actions that will take place on our side. Um, we cannot say that you must or must not use something. We can say that you must use the SANS standards. And that is all.
4: Yes, absolutely. It, it, it comes back to your uh, earlier question about the PRB standards, which doesn't exist. As a reminder, so the PRB does not set rules. the same way, the auditor cannot decide what he wants to audit or what not. It is all about what the national standard says, what is allowed to be done. Um, And it's for that reason that the auditor cannot tell you this is what you shall use. He might point out that what you have used is incorrect.
1: So so there are standards and requirements, national standards and requirements that apply to the parts that are being used and the equipment that are being used in in plumbing work as well. Not only to the way in which they are put together, uh, but also to the actual parts and the, and the equipment.
2: Yes, no, they are.
1: All right, Bianca, why does auditors not train the plumbers?
2: It is
5: not the responsibility or the mandate of an auditor to train a plumber. Um, just you know, as an example, it's like asking a traffic enforcement officer to train you when he stops you for speeding. The responsibility lies within the plumbers themselves. It is not up to the auditor. However, that said, there used to be a very um. We 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 refer to the term Gestapo um, earlier. There was a Gestapo approach, but we have found with the soft skills approach that the, the plumbers are reacting a lot better. Yes, we're not there to train you, but we are there to mentor and guide you. Um, by we, I mean the compliance auditors. So there is also there are also auditors out there that have gone over and above the call of duty and gone, You know what there's an issue in this area let me come and meet with your staff and let me come in and upskill you they obviously refer that to the the audit office for authorization before they go ahead and they will then go and meet with the guys and say what what's the questions and what where are you you lacking you know where can we provide support to you and your staff and we'll do that if it is so required Um, Obviously IOPSA members request these and there are non IOPSA members that also request it and depending on the situation we can obviously either quote or decide from there. But if it is beneficial to a group of the members or the plumbers, then we will definitely go through and, and do that training um, and you can just contact the office if you're looking for that type of training.
1: So it's rather, it's, it's more uh, of giving advice and, and, and a slight bit of guidance from the auditor side rather than giving actual training.
5: Yes yeah you, you don't you don't go to um a tertiary institution and go and do your legal qualification and then have your lecturer sitting in your lounge when you have a question so um it is not their job to follow you for the rest of your um your life, but there are people that can guide you and and point you in the right direction. The standards are um very clear. If you sit and take the time and uh, dissect it. So if it if you're struggling to dissect it, then there's multitudes of podcasts, there's multitudes of webinars and uh, videos, and you know, OPSA and PRB have both got amazing um, experts that will will dissect it for you. So there's a wealth of information out there. So. We cannot expect every compliance auditor to sit and train for five hours on site during an audit, but we can make that information available to people.
1: Um, Bianca, Robert has mentioned that he himself is a plumber and that he owns a plumbing company and and that he he also does plumbing work. Uh, Can there be a conflict of interest uh, when somebody who is an auditor is also a plumber and now he has to audit another plumber's work?
5: Um, you know what? Auditing is a business model which is also cost effective. Um, you know, we can't go, we're not going to go too, into too much detail about that, but we have got systems and measures in place to make sure that auditors remain impartial. There are code of ethics and code of conduct, as I mentioned earlier, which is strictly adhered to. Um, and any Absolutely any transgressions are, are dealt with in a severe light. So there is no no issue with plumbers auditing plumbers work. Um I'd rather have a plumber audit my plumbing work than have, you know, somebody who sat behind a desk for the last twenty years and um isn't on the ground in boots knowing what's going on. Um but that said, there are academics out there that that can can do so. So there are strict training procedures that go into auditors. There are strict ethics and conduct that is is followed. So um, if there are any conflicts of interests, it is within the mandate of the auditor to bring this to our attention so that we can address it. And if it is valid, then we won't send that auditor. Um, we will send a different auditor. We obviously can't pick and choose. It's not a um, a hotel menu that you can pick and choose who your auditor is but at the same time we will take these um, these requests into consideration
1: that steers directly into my next question Bianca to you Um, so how can how can a plumber become an auditor or how can anyone become an auditor so what is how do how do how do people become auditors
5: yeah um, the first one being you must have thick skin no i'm just kidding um (laughs) you (laughs) if you've got the necessary skills and experience so obviously we can't take somebody who's just come out of of school fresh out of school and hasn't been through the school of hard knocks yet um you need skills experience um and you'll submit your request through to me. And I will obviously tear apart absolutely everything. Um, Steve says, uh, Steve's my, uh, my rock and my mentor. And he always says to me, I'm in, must do my investigative journalism um, to, to look into these things. So we do have a fine tooth comb that we go over profiles and um, your CV, your motivation letter that is submitted through. We Obviously, need to have knowledgeable individuals, um, and we will have a look at this 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 application if there is a need within the area. Because you must know that we've got specific areas like uh, Fontaine and you know the the real outer lying areas that we are more looking towards expanding the footprint. Um, obviously, in the hubs like Johannesburg, Cape Town, and Durban, um, we are saturated, but there's always a need for auditors, so we will keep your details on record. We won't just dismiss you straight away and say, "Well, no, go away, stop bothering us." We will look at it um, and see what we can do from there, and keep the record, uh, keep the details on file.
4: Yeah, I, I, I want to add on to to what Bianca said. Remember, audit, uh, auditing is not a, it's not a entry level job. It's not where you start. It's, it's really a specialized skill, and there's a lot of training and everything that goes into that. So I'm sure we can all appreciate that if the PIRB PR, had to employ permanent auditors that doesn't do other business, that only do audits, high-level job, but, and enough of them to cover the whole of the country, it will be a fairly expensive uh, process, which makes it unrealistic to apply. The way that, that, uh, that we're using, um, making use of contracted services makes it feasible. It brings the value to, to everybody on, in the line. But in order to manage that, as as Bianca said, there are strict rules in place. Auditors are um, under, well, strict obligations to remain impartial. And there are processes, as we refer to the disciplinary processes for the plumbers. They are similar for the auditors as well. So I would personally like to invite any plumber who believes that an auditor treat them unfairly to make contact with us. Bring your, bring your evidence, bring the details that you have, and we will take it up with, with the auditors um, to make sure that no matter in which part of the country you are, that you can never feel that you are being disadvantaged uh, because the person that audited you is another plumber. Yeah. I think also if
2: to be an auditor, you've got to have a passion for learning and teaching, not teaching, but assisting uh, plumbers and that, uh, helping them with the standards. So you got to have a passion to, to with uh, plumbers in, and in the industry of plumbing.
1: Robert, our auditors, if they are plumbers as well, like yourself, is their plumbing work audited sometimes as well? Are auditors also audited on their plumbing work?
2: Yes, no, we are all the time. You know, so, if, so as long as we're issuing COCs, you know, we will be audited. You know, the protocol stands for if COC be issued, it be audited. And I think as an auditor, you know, the... A lot stricter on us because you know we shouldn't have those niggles and things like that. Oh, mm-hmm. but I missed this and I missed that. As an auditor, you got to have be able to say this is wrong, that is right, and do the work properly. There shouldn't be the non compliances, yeah. There should, there should be
4: minimal non compliances. Or, the, the yes, notes.
5: we take it very seriously.
2: Yeah,
4: yeah, <laughs> we, we definitely hold them to a higher standard. So.
1: <laughs> the process is the same, the, yeah. the process is the same, though. Yes. But, like you said. Uh, Bianca, why do the same auditors often audit the same areas?
5: Yeah, so um, compliance auditors are within designated areas for cost-effectivity. However, we do rotate the, the compliance auditors as far as we can to ensure that nobody is complacent. Um, you know, surprise, Um my auditor in inverted commas is not coming to your area um, there's somebody new so we then measure these rotations um, between the auditors when they go into the different areas and they you know cross-referencing the the auditors so that we've got uh, you know assurance that the same consistent modeled uh, we Mac- steve calls it the mcdonald's model so that's what we want for auditors. We go and we drag them through copious amounts of training and we send them copious amounts of notices. And all of this is for a reason. We want the standards to be audited, not personal opinion, not anything else, and not because this is my inverted comments inverted auditor. It is an audit. So it doesn't matter what face is on the other side of that very scary pen that's going to mark your audit, it is still the exact same thing. So we do have those checks and balances where we we swap around auditors. um, But on the majority, yes, there may be the same auditor coming through to you.
1: Just before wrapping up this conversation, have a listen to this. We'd like to encourage our audience to follow Articulate It Plumber on Instagram and Facebook to learn more about any exciting and interesting news that we may have. Our handle on both Instagram and Facebook is Articulate It Plumber. Hanman, is there a way for the public to ensure uh, whether auditors or plumbers are actually registered with the PRB? And and can can a customer call in to verify plumbers and auditors? Is there a process for that?
4: Uh, no, they must just trust us. <laughs> okay. okay. I think we we all understand that that safety and security is important. We need to know who we're dealing with and what it is. So for that that reason, auditors um, have been issued with with cards. So they've got a, a card that identifies them as a auditor with a relevant a detailed name, a registration number, so name, image, and all of that. They normally wear a branded clothing as well. So you should be able to see that. Um, But we encourage any homeowner that does not feel comfortable that doubt that you are more than welcome to phone the PRB. Um, The easiest, I mean, lately, who who remembers phone numbers? Just go onto the website, pirb.co.za get the contact details, phone up, and you can always verify. Say, this is the person, the more detail you have of, of him, um, you can give it through, even if you want to take a snapshot with your camera and send it through on the email. But basically, we invite the public. If, if you're in doubt at all, please contact us. If the, if the auditor who just made the appointment with you by phone um, and you haven't seen him, you haven't seen this card, get his detail, contact the PRB, contact our office, and confirm. We'd be happy to confirm um, whether whether it is valid. Uh, We've had quite a few um, inquiries like that. And I must say, I am happy and quite excited about the number of, or the participation of the homeowners, the great extent to which the, the homeowners actually participate and invite the auditors to come to them and invite them them in. I honestly expected more people to complain and to be afraid to think this is a some scam. We're not we, we're not used to something working this well, um, and refusing. But there's a, 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 a overwhelming support for the process so far. But in those cases where people do have doubts, please by all means contact the office. We'd be happy to verify. I'm sure so you can even contact um, Bianca.
5: <laughs> yes, yeah, all of our all of our cards on the compliance auditor cards that on the back has got um, our details for the Durban branch. Um, otherwise, when they say they're from IOPSA, they do phone through to our IOPSA national call center or national office, and um, they then provide our details to verify. We have sent out numerous emails as well, because you know, in today's day and age, you can't be so, Um, So certain. So we do verify the auditors have got their specific IOPSA email addresses and they are not allowed to send anything um, off of personal emails, anything that's not IOPSA branded. It just gives that extra peace of mind um, and it gives that paper trail as well. So there are a lot of checks and balances where consumers can verify these Facebook pages and social medias. And, um, you know, we do have posts about these things as well, which just concretes further that this process is a thing and it is happening. And no, it's not SARS coming to your house, which is <laughs> one of the queries that we have had.
1: I think that gives Good peace of mind to the p- members of the public and the consumer out there just to know that there is a process for them to that they can follow just to get that certainty and and uh, you know that surety that uh, the people who they are letting into their homes and into their safe space are actually who they say they are.
4: Yeah, just one 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 extra comment. Um, Bianca mentioned the the assumption or that it's the people thinking it's SARS and and so on. One of the things that that homeowners also sometimes uh, make a comment about is say, say, you know what, I'm happy with the plumber's work, don't bother. Uh, You don't have to come, I'm I'm happy. Um, For those homeowners listening to this, if you ever contacted for this, remember it's not about being happy, it's about whether the installation was technically correct. Remember, plumbing – Plumbers are professional people. This is a specialized um, job that needs to be done. As a homeowner, you might not even be aware of something that might be incorrect that could cause uh, danger or damages. Or
1: pose a risk.
4: Yeah, or pose a risk in, in future. It's about covering the blind side, covering that. Allow the auditor. Um, it's, it's a good thing to allow the auditor because it gives you that extra level of reassurance. I think also for the homeowners,
2: um, you know, there's no charge for the auditing happening because we get a lot of times, okay, how much is this going to cost me for the inspection? So a lot of, um, you know, we, we also get a lot of calls, okay, who you are, what you're asking, all our credentials, and we've actually got an email that we send them with our OPS and PRB, the audit process and everything to the homeowners so that they can feel comfortable during the audit.
1: You've shared some some very valuable information uh, with the audience out there, whether they be plumbers or whether they be members of the public, the consumer, or the customer. And uh, I want to thank each one of you for for your time and your effort for for joining us in studio and joining us in this conversation. Robert, thank you to you. Herman, thank you to you. Bianca, thanks to you. And uh, Justine also from PRB side, thank you. And, uh, of course, I want to thank the audience for their time to tuning in and listening to this conversation and I really do hope that uh, they, they've g- g- gotten some value out of this uh, the information that you guys sh- have shared uh, with us or with them
0: thanks for having tuned in make sure to read more about the PIRB on our website at PIRB.co.za and on our social media channels like Facebook Twitter and Instagram